What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Jump Cut. I'm your co-host, Hashem. And I'm Leander. Yeah, and we're here to talk about, like, I don't know, just movies and films and stuff, you know? But first, but first, but first, we have to... It's been, like, four or five days since our last recording. But yeah. in those four or five days, we both finished all our university shit. Woo! All of it. <laughs> I'm technically a graduate. I got to be honest, this has been the most underwhelming graduation <laughs> of my life. <laughs> Literally, like, no, no stage, nothing. We just kind of finished and just kind of at home, clicked send on a document, and that was it. <laughs> I mean, look, I, do, I, I think that the actual stage is, like, convocation was just in two months. But I mean, like, okay, we submitted everything on Friday. And then Saturday morning, I helped my dad clean the garage for four hours. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like a good undergraduate student. <laughs> no, no, no. It's like it had to be done, but I'm just like it just felt like a just another Friday. You know what I'm saying? I, I feel that. Like it didn't it didn't feel like any different than any other Friday that we finished off a term of school. Yeah. Or, or even Dude. just like a big homework assignment. Like it felt like a normal Friday. It literally felt like a normal Friday. Any other, even like when we when we submitted the uh, symposium stuff, like the final design project, yeah, had a bigger sense of finality than that Friday. <laughs> That's definitely true, especially because we can't even celebrate. Like I haven't seen you in forever, and it's yeah, like a it's bummer. been a while. Yeah, um, this house just been just been sleeping all day. I watched four movies yesterday. Which ones? <laughs> okay, so. Uh, I watched Grand Budapest Hotel again because mm-hmm. uh, I checked my log. The last time I'd seen it was a month ago, which is wow, still okay. pretty recent. That, that's yeah. why I said like I just recently watched it. Um, but yeah, so I rewatched that yesterday. I watched this movie Greta that just came out on Netflix. Yeah, the the international one. I don't know if it's international. It's Chloe Grace Moretz. And oh, never mind. I don't know. I don't someone know else. Happened. I don't know any actress. I think one of the actresses was maybe Luna Lovegood from harry potter i think <laughs> i don't really know though um okay. watch those two what else did i watch uh oh kingsman rewatch kingsman because i was like i want a good movie and i saw m night Shyamalan's the village <laughs> to round out the the four four choices for yesterday yeah is that the like that's a really weird one it's like it, all of M. Night Shyamalan's things revolve around plot twists. And that one, I don't want to say any of the plot twists, but the premise is just these pair of people who want to get married and they live in a village with horror stories about the outside. So like they're not allowed to leave the village because those we do not speak of may eat them and they're supposed I... to be like monsters and stuff. Okay. I want to see if I'm thinking of the right movie. Is this the one that has like a, a red Red and yellow character. Yes. Well, sort of. Okay. Not really, but like they're they're factions. Like red is the evil color, so nobody in the town wears red, and they all wear yellow to protect themselves when they go near the woods because the red beings will not attack the yellow or something. Interesting. I don't know. Okay. I I hey listen. You didn't watch Fantastic Mr. Fox. I did. No, I I watched that not yesterday. Yesterday was just four movies straight. I didn't leave my room. I just just here all day. I went on a walk, you know. You know. Bro, walking is whack. Only stupid people walk. <laughs> I have to real, leave the house real, somehow. What is it? No, hold up. Real men only watch movies. 
<laughs> all the time. So remember how I said I wanted to keep track of like all the movies, whatever, whatever. So I've been keeping track of the way I've been logging things is like I watch a season of something and I put it there. So one season is written there as well. So I can keep track of like shows I've watched and okay. as well as every movie. Right. And of that, I've seen 92 things so far. Wait, <laughs> so, what, are you, what are you using to like... Uh... Just Notion. Just Notion. Okay. I just literally have okay. a list in Notion. Um, but yeah, so it's 92 entries. So that means 92 either movies or seasons of television that I've seen so far. I am definitely going to hit that 100 mark. I'm going to go for wait, 200 Wait, wait, wait. Like since, since when? Like what is this? January. Since Jan okay. 1st. <laughs> Holy shit yeah in four yeah. months you know what i respect that i respect you a lot more for that i feel like <laughs> it's it's difficult to track eh and it's only gonna get better now because we're done graduate like we're we're done school so now i have yeah. time and i feel like i used to be able to play games for six hours straight but recently i've been like two hours max before it's not like i get bored but like i feel like doing something else so i get like that's distracted called, i guess and so i usually boredom. Maybe that's, that's not bored. Hey, we call that boredom. In the music industry, we call that boredom. In the video game industry, we call that boredom. <laughs> but, <laughs> okay, maybe you're right. But I think that's different if I was with people. I think solo games are different for that. Maybe. Maybe. I, I, don't I think. Know. I think I get what you mean. I think. Okay, I'm, this is gonna be like a a weird thing to say, but I think some games are better at long time plays compared to others. If that makes sense, yeah, that's fair. Like if I'm I, if I'm playing if I'm playing like Fortnite or like Call of Duty, mm-hmm. you can sit down, you can play for thirty minutes or an hour, and you'd feel content. But yeah. if you're playing like Persona or if you're playing like an, a JRPG or, or an RPG or something, you have to play mm-hmm. for at least fourteen hours a day. Otherwise, it's not <laughs> worth it. <laughs> I don't know how that makes sense, but it absolutely does. Like that tracks <laughs> with my behavior for playing Persona Five. And honestly, same with Kingdom Hearts, if that counts yeah. as JRPG. Yeah. I'd say so. Definitely. It's a good it's it's like um how do I say this? The feedback the the game the feedback loop. The gameplay loop is like more involved, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like in, in Fortnite you, you jump in, you shoot some guys, you die, you don't get a victory out for sixteen days, and then you just, <laughs> you know, rinse and repeat. But if you're Absolutely. playing like persona or like kingdom hearts you gotta like deck out your character you know min max your builds and shit literally so it's, i feel like when i finish a boss in kingdom hearts i'm like i'm done for a while now i'm gonna sit yeah. back and relax and not worry about this for at least tomorrow or even puzzle games i feel like i can't stretch too long i don't know i think that's fair i feel like it, once you there because there's like specific check marks right Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's just like those check marks you... for jrpgs come after 14 hours of gameplay it's like i can't beat a boss in the first try i'd be spending for six hours and then of course i'm gonna relax <laughs> after the six hour <laughs> i think that's fair but yeah you gotta long story short i'm just excited about the fact that we're graduating and that we're done and it feels like woo weight off you know our what? shoulders to commemorate our graduation i finished final fantasy 7 remake <laughs> and uh i don't know i'm i don't know you feel mixed ways about it i feel like yeah okay, before you were very polarized you're very against the fact that this game existed and that I, it was only I, half the game you wanted okay because they they took i don't want to say anything because it, it, everything i say can be like 
is essentially a spoiler, but it, it it's a good payoff if that makes sense. I still think the game is ass, and I still think <laughs> the voice acting is like full of that animeisms. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the uh, the grunts. <laughs> yeah, every every uh, five minutes, yeah. uh, <laughs> whenever they're in pain. Yeah. Otherwise, it's pretty good. I recommend. I feel eight that. out of ten. <laughs> Okay, so do you want to get into it? Let's do it. All right. Wes Anderson flicks. Your choice, though. Which one's first? Um, which one have you not seen? I hadn't seen Fantastic Mr. Fox. All right, let's 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 do that one first, then. Okay, so uh, spoiler warning for Fantastic Mr. Fox. Uh, this movie might be one of my favorites, <laughs> like, of all time. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. This movie it's really is so... Good consistently good and so enjoyable from start to finish and i genuinely think watching these two movies back to back sort of like within the past week have made me like has cemented the fact that wes anderson might be one of my favorite directors of all time i dude i, I absolutely get that i know um, it's not a okay, hot wait. take or anything he's pretty no, popular no, no, no. but still it's it i i just want to ask very very quickly which one did you watch first because i feel like that changed the way i viewed it so I watched Fantastic Mr. Fox first, and then just Grand Budapest again yesterday. Okay, but again, so I'd seen I. it. I'd, I'd seen it after a month, so like I don't know. The reason I ask is because um, Fantastic Mr. Fox is is claymation, so you can get away with more goofy shit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then he does the same goofy shit in Grand Budapest Hotel, dude. It's and it's he- literally <laughs> it's insane the like amount of artistic merit in both these films, dude. Yeah, like I, I can't get over how well like the sets are designed and like the colors and the aspect ratio and all that shit is like really fitting for what the tone he's trying to convey. Like I didn't even realize until halfway through, but Grand Budapest Hotel is all in four three, and <laughs> I yeah. kind of love that because it gave this like vintage sort of like um you know those silent films where like text would pop up in the middle of the screen as they're like screaming or whatever, Dude. and then it would cut back to acting. Felt like okay, that. I, I think I think we're talking about both movies at this point. It doesn't even matter. Yeah. Okay. Let's just talk in like general terms before we get into plot. All right. Yeah. All right. So, um, I really like the like disjointed scenes where people or characters are like describing shit. I think they're mm-hmm. so funny. I, like in Fantastic cause... Mr. Fox when he's like explaining his uh, his idea to the badger or the mm-hmm. uh, the opossum. And then in yeah. Grand Budapest Hotel, when he like calls the the other concierge or whatever, yeah, like there's so many scenes of that where he like Wes Anderson uses the fact that there's a narrator to show you interesting shit happening because the narrator will guide you through it, and I think that's like, oh, I just I can't get enough of it because I I even oh, <laughs> I feel like I I'm, I'm at a loss for words because I I genuinely adore every part of these movies. Yeah, like Grand Budapest Hotel holds up so well. I watched it now three times, and every it's single really time good. I'm like getting new shit. There's a joke in that movie that had me fucking had to pause because I thought it was so what? funny. It's just like him talking to the concierge, the lobby boy, right? Main two characters, and at one point they're like confused about something. I don't want to spoil anything yet, right? So it's like they're okay. confused about something that's happening somewhere else in the plot, and they're like, "Hmm, the plot thickens." And then they look at each other confused. They're like, where did that come from? Is that a soup metaphor? And the other guy's like, I don't understand. 
I, I don't understand either. And I was like, that joke is so silly, but it works <laughs> because that's the tone of the movie. Like, it's so good. It is Which really movie good. did you like better? I Fantastic Mr. Fox, personally. I think, I think that's fair. I think it's like, you know how every actor, not actor, every director has like a movie that they're well known for. Right. Yeah, you call it their magnum opus or whatever. No, 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 no. No, I'm not talking about this is what I was this is the point I'm trying to make. I'm saying mm-hmm. Wes Anderson is best known for the Grand Budapest Hotel, but I think his magnum opus is the is Fantastic Mr. Fox. <laughs> I think there's a certain attitude in Fantastic Mr. Fox that is so enticing and like do you know how I, you know how you like love Disney films, but you don't yeah. expect them to be dark and edgy, but you're fine with that? Yeah. So it's like a, just a, this joy and fun attitude that you're like looking for out of a Disney film. He like nailed that without any of the Disney vibes. Like it didn't have to have Disney shit writing or Disney shit jokes. It was like competent joke writing, competent storytelling, competent art direction and cinematography with still this like Disney style levity. Like I was still smiling ear to ear for most of the movie. It's a really funny movie. It, it's it like really good. Really is. It's really, really good, and I didn't, I didn't have any idea how good it would be beforehand. I think the only thing that would hang people up about Fantastic Mr. Fox, though, I, I think now we can probably get into spoilers, but I, okay. I think the, the claymation is kind of weird looking at sometimes. Dude, there's a. I always feel like I like when the movies lean into it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like this movie is fucking bizarre to like watch, you know what I'm saying? A lot of like the motion and kind of it's really I, jittery, and I think it's like it makes sense. It like shows the the wild animals as being more like fluid, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's it's very kind of cool. Like especially even in the beginning, right? You see, uh, what was the fox's name who was better than the sun fox the entire time? Christoph Christophson Christophson something yeah that sounds right like you see him jump into a pool and like that splash of water that just is like a perfect little fountain (laughs) so cute that that whole I guess scene that the whole movie really like all their motion and stuff is so like spaghetti and liquid and kind of weird looking but I think that adds to the jokey feel of it like you never feel like they're in that much danger or anything like that you're never too worried about like the stakes of it all but it's still compelling because you don't know what's going to happen next because it's so quick on its feet like the plot changes minute to minute and i like you know it. what i mean yeah, i really I, like I absolutely it. do it's like it's like um i honestly had no idea when i first watched this movie i had no idea where it was going you know mm-hmm. i did not see like, I thought it was just, like, Fantastic Mr. Fox was, like, it was just an anamorphic type of world. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it turns out it's based on a Roald Dahl book. Yeah. I, I didn't know I, that. I was going to say, I was like, um, none of the characters are British. Nobody has a British accent. But this movie feels fucking British. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so stylish. And it's, like, even got that cartoony feel where the three bosses the three b bosses or whatever are all these weird sizes and shapes yeah and attitudes what, and like what they are they called make, um, uh bogus bunsen bogus bunsen bean 
one short, one, one one big one short one lean. <laughs> that's a, dude, that's a hundred percent a rolled all fucking line. It's no, so no good. question about it. Yeah, but even like all the bits of it, all the like the the break-ins, all the different like times he tries to like or, or, brings back food, puts it in the pantry, the way that his wife Mrs. Fox reacts to the food, all of it is so fluid and fast-paced that it's like almost hard to keep up with at times but strong enough together that i think kids can manage to watch it i think it's fine i think i think the I only think barrier really though is that the, the writing is so fast it's so fast mm-hmm. like it's it's like um how do i say that how do i put this you know how we, we've talked about how like actual good dialogue in a movie is more chaotic if that makes mm-hmm. sense yeah, like a conversation isn't a back and forth. People will like interrupt each other and cut each other off, and so on and so forth. Yeah, this literally feels like I'm reading a book. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> In a good way. Absolutely, and like th- there's this thing that he does, and really, I haven't seen many Wes Anderson movies. I've seen half of Moonrise Kingdom, but these are the two that I like most prominent in my head right now. Yeah. So I don't know if he does it in all his movies, but his writing is so good. And so, like, lyrical. And he somehow manages to find the perfect music to put in the background for a lot of the most intense scenes. Um, so, I know, I think it was Fantastic Mr. Fox was written by, uh, what's his name? Who's the guy that directed uh, Marriage Story? Bombac or whatever? Ooh, I don't know. Noah? It says Noah Bombac. West... Oh, no. Fantastic Mr. Fox says here, Roald Dahl wrote the novel... Screenplay was by Wes Anderson and Noah Bombick. Bombick. Yeah, okay. I I know because he he is very good at dialogue. That's like his main shtick, if you will. Mm-hmm. It shows, man, because that was amazing. Like the way that the fox can talk, like or really any <laughs> of the characters, the way they convey their emotions, and they all have unique personalities, and I was so invested in them all by the end. Like, oh. And I know I said there's no stakes, but I literally thought Fantastic, like the Mr. Fox was going to get eaten by that rabid dog at the end. Like, I, I genuinely thought that. No, it's a kid's movie. The only person that dies is the rat. <laughs> oh, yeah, the rat does die. And I, I, I think it's really funny that they allude to uh, Mrs. Fox being a slut as, as when she was younger. What? <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, that sounds vaguely familiar. What did they yeah, say? Yeah, where they were like, they were like, he was doing the fucking fighting thing when he mm-hmm. was fighting him in this in the apple cider cellar, and he's like, "Oh wow, your girl is the tardiest tart of the tart," or some shit like that. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. It's funny. It's so, it's so cool, and I, I think that the world that they just kind of immerse you in is so compelling without having any context for any of it. I love that there's no flashbacks. There's no. None of that. You just have Mr. Fox and you just have the way people talk about Mr. Fox as being this like interesting guy. And all you have is that first starting point where they both get trapped in a cell, like Mr. Fox and Mrs. Fox. They both get like trapped in a cage and then it just cuts to like the future and you never have to see that again. And you never see how they got out or any of that stuff. You just hear that they were used to be cool and now they're retired. This this is... I, I'm trying to think of... um. There was one scene that I thought was absolutely hilarious. Um, oh, two things. I love when every time they would like show like a time frame, mm-hmm. it was like two years later, but 12 fox years. Or like one day <laughs> later, but six weeks in fox. 
I really like that. I I also loved every time that Beavis Bunce and Butthead or whatever were shooting at them. <laughs> so good. So good. The way that they made them dodge around the bullets and shit like that. Like the finale, right? With um who's who's the main kid? I don't remember his Ash? name. Ash? Ash, right? Ash sounds right. Yeah. With Ash like dodging and ducking and weaving through all those bullets to open the cage to the rabbit dog or open the door. Like that was so cool. Yeah, it was really so- cool. And it was like animal instincts and shit. It almost makes you want to go back and watch like Kubo and the Two Strings. And there's another claymation movie, but I can't think C- of it. Coraline. Right now. Coraline. But I I can't. I feel like there was another one that I was like re- remembering while I was watching. Fantastic um, Mr. Corpse Fox. Bride. No, no. It, it probably that. was just Kubo. But I want to rewatch that and see how it compares. Because something about the style and the pace of Fantastic Mr. Fox just had me going, man. Uh, when the boxes were getting like blown out in front of them, when they were hiding behind them, like yeah. it looked so impressive. And to think about that being claymation is just mind-boggling to me. I- I'm glad that you brought up Kubo because I feel like that movie is a masterclass in claymation because you can't tell that it's claymation a lot of the time, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Definitely. I don't and know if that's the case the for this movie. scale of anything or whatever. Yeah. I don't know if that's the case for uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Okay. That's fair. And I don't know. I don't I don't even think it's a bad thing. I feel like it, it's like, like, you know, the scene. Oh, the scene was uh, at the very end where mm-hmm. she reveals that she's pregnant again. And he's like, I think we're both glowing. And they turn into fucking like ivory dolls. <laughs> that shit was so funny. And I have no so idea good. why. Even the first time, I thought I dreamed it, and I went back, and I was like, did they just change him to, like, this cartoony Ru- Rudolph lawn decoration style Dude, thing? it was so funny. So consistently good, man. Even just the way Ash talks, I loved Ash so much in this <laughs> that It was so funny. Um, So, I don't know if it's, like, I'm an idiot for not knowing this and shit, but, like, Wes Anderson always has a fucking all-star cast. Yeah, I didn't. I, I when I when I realized what the voice was, like I I couldn't nail it. I couldn't nail who Mister Fox was. It's George I, Clooney. It's George Clooney, man. I thought of like Oceans or some some of the one of those movies, and it came to mind. And then I noticed Mrs. Fox is like Meryl Streep. It's, it's Meryl like Streep. All, all hits, it's all hits, no misses. I all don't hits, no how. misses, bro. Fucking Owen of... Wilson. Uh, <laughs> what's his name? Uh, what's his name? Jason Schwartzman. Yeah. Yeah. I, I literally can't understand. I, I, I love the fact that Wes Anderson has this clout and I love that he's this popular and that people will sign on to do these movies because it makes them that much better. Like the, the voice cast is, like killed it, dude. I don't think these movies make that much money. Like do I, they not? I think I don't think so. I think Grand Budapest Hotel did really, really well, but it was mm-hmm. an outlier compared to the rest of his movies. Like, I don't think uh, Isle of Dogs did, like... It still, like, made more... Oh, um, you're right. Am I? Wow. I just remember... Like, I remember um, Fantastic Mr. Fox being very underwhelming, apparently, in terms of box office. Yes, you're absolutely right. So, Fantastic Mr. Fox had a $40 million budget with $21 million gross U.S., $46 million gross worldwide. Oh, okay. So, that's not... It, like, and and that's definitely because of the fact that it was claymation. Like it must have added to the lead time on any scene, like an insane amount. 
Oh, you're saying Grand it's Budapest, that expensive because of it? Because it's like an artistic one. You have to like a 10 minute scene is way more expensive in claymation than filming. Like Grand Budapest Hotel, fair. Grand Budapest Hotel had a $25 million budget. Oh, wow. Compared like to the half. 40 million. Yeah, it's crazy. And uh, Grand Budapest Hotel grossed $172 million worldwide. So... Hell yeah, brother. That's how you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, absolutely. I, I, I love this movie, man. I, I, I can't get over it. I didn't realize how good it was going to be. And I just kept thinking while I was watching it, like, this is so much fun. This I am is really at... good. <laughs> I fall apart whenever there's, like, music timed to actions. Yeah, and Wes Anderson is the <laughs> king of that shit, man. But it's like it's like, um, it's like Charlie Chaplin time to the music. You know what I'm saying? I don't think I've it's seen like more of those old black and white movies to really know. But go on. I've 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 never seen like full movies, but I've always seen clips because, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like we you know we both spend a lot of time on YouTube watching bullshit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and a lot of people like talk all his about... weird antics and stunts and stuff. Yeah. And um, the reason why it's so good is because of his, like, timing for, like, musical cues and beats and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, it's different when Matthew Vaughn does it compared to when Wes Anderson does it, mm-hmm. is, if that makes sense. And I think the main difference is because this is more slapstick. Like, the music is like fucking cowboy music when they're shooting up the foxes. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Or, like, like fun it. little... Like or or, or kind of like this jovial like worrisome kind of sounds like video gaming music when they're like digging through and trying to avoid the explosions or the digging from the yeah. people searching for them like that whole they're like turning left and right and it looks like a video game it plays like really fun so oh, dude but all the Holy all the turns shit. are timed with music and stuff like that so it's so it kind of keeps you involved and keeps you entertained yeah I really and I it. I like it a lot it's like it's very well done. I mean, you know, mm. not to say that anything else isn't well done, but I just, I just enjoyed it. Yeah, and honestly, like what you said about the music in Matthew Vaughn movies and stuff, like I just watched, uh, I just watched Kingsman. Kingsman again, right? And like, I was waiting for the church scene, but even besides the church scene, there's still so many moments in there where they have like gunshots timed with yeah. camera motion, timed with music, and it like all swells up to this perfect thing that makes it feel so like punchy and like uh i i can't i can't get enough of that man you even you even we mentioned it last week where you were like or four days ago or whatever where you were like mm-hmm. i like when the the action in the trailer matches the music mm-hmm. absolutely yeah i don't know i like it i even think the plot in mr fox is objectively hilarious it makes it blows my mind like i know he adapted it from a book which kind of makes it make a little more sense but how do you even come up with this story man it's so know, fucking man. out there. It's fucking so Roald Dahl. I think Roald Dahl was just smoking crack at every single opportunity. <laughs> what he well, wrote? Yeah. Uh, Matilda, James and the Giant Peach, Matilda. <laughs> was that him? BFG, yeah, the BFG is him. I didn't know that. Big Damn. friendly giant. I remember we had a Roald Dahl unit when I was in elementary school. That's where all this knowledge is coming from. We the only Roald Dahl material we did in school was fucking not charlie and the chocolate factory but charlie and the uh glass elevator or whatever the fuck it's called <laughs> i don't know what the, this the is. sequel the sequel <laughs> the, 
Did you know that. there was? Did you know there was a sequel? No, I did not know there was a sequel. What happens? I... They they go on a space field trip in the glass <laughs> elevator from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh my god, that isn't. Why did they make that? Fuck, I I bro, he was smoking crack. What do you want me to say? <laughs> Honestly, though, what do I know? There's gonna be Titanic or not Titanic Avatar two, three, and four. So it's like apparently we're just Literally, making bro. stories, whatever for whatever now. Everything gets a fucking sequel. I don't even know that Charlie and the Chocolate Factory needed a sequel. <laughs> I, that seems I don't think so either. <laughs> um, so this movie lost the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature to Up. Ooh, right? no, Hard Pass. I think this was hard, way better, bro. Hard Pass. I've always maintained that I think Up is way overrated. Like people give that first fifteen minutes so much credit, but it's, it's like even, it's like two minutes. It's not even it fifteen really, minutes. It really is, and it doesn't have like a massive, massive impact on the rest of the story. Like, yeah, you see them like they sad, and she's gone, and it is really sad. It's a good way to character build, and I'm not saying it's bad, but I'm saying like people conflate the whole movie with just that first fifteen minutes because of how emotional they were. And yeah. I, I think that the rest of the movie kind of falls short because of that. Like, I don't think... D- does anybody give a fuck about the adventurer who was stuck in the woods for, like, 25 years? No. No one cares about no. that when they talk about Up. Not Everyone cares about that first intro. <laughs> Dude, I just... I don't like Disney anymore. <laughs> what? Didn't you just watch Raya? I did. And that was good. What'd you think? But I don't like yeah. Disney. Oh, why not? No, I, I like I like Disney... I don't like Disney at award shows. This has been like a growing sentiment recently that people are like becoming less, uh, I guess, content with award shows in general. Like the Grammys, the Oscars, Mm -hmm. all that shit. Like people are just starting to realize that all that shit is rigged. So wait, did you watch? Did you watch the Oscars? Fuck no. What the fuck do I look like? (laughs) No, that's what I'm saying. I didn't. Do I look like a shill? No, hell no, bro. And the thing is. (laughs) The the thing the thing is they complain about every year they complain about losing viewership and every year they make it the most inaccessible shit ever. Like <laughs> why the fuck do I have to get a cable subscription to watch the Oscars? Disney literally owns what is it? ABC, AMC, MTV, <laughs> everything. Yeah, just make it available on fucking Disney Plus. What is so difficult about that? <laughs> I have not watched it. And I feel like the only thing I ever care about is not the award show. Like, I don't care about that. What is the point of watching people get the piece of paper? You want to know exactly who got them afterwards. I just want, like, a list, and I'll be able to see that if I'm really into, like, music or something, or I want to watch something that's really into music, check out which one with best soundtrack, which flick won best soundtrack, what was nominated, like, those sorts of things. I, I think that's fair, actually. I think that for the general public, nobody gives a shit about the actual award show. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, it always feels like, um, like a, no, look at how great our industry is, and look at how great our people in the industry are, but we're also part of the industry, and we're saying that. You know? You're absolutely right, but honestly, the thing that I value is just because I feel like we as Western consumers of media have like a very small, limited perspective on movies as a whole or like cinema as a whole and i feel Mm -hmm. like usually we're just seeing whatever the biggest name is attached to and i feel like they're like i don't hear about a movie unless there's someone notable in it or it has some crazy budget 
But I think sometimes the Oscars highlights some of those artistic ones that I haven't heard of. Like I, I didn't know about Room before you know the what? Oscars. Moonlight I didn't know about. None of those. You know. I I I would agree for one category only, and it's uh, best original screenplay. The rest are okay. bullshit, in my opinion. <laughs> I no, found that, I, like uh, straight up. What about that one? We watched the movie last year, sometime maybe last year, maybe a bit before. Uh, about uh, it's like look for my body, feeling my body. It's like the indie. Oh, French the film. yeah, that the, was from the Oscars. The, I think I got that. Really? Yeah. Okay, but that's best animated. What? What is that? What? What category did it win? <laughs> Actually, you know what? Let me let me put it this. It probably way. was some way. indie thing. <laughs> probably no, no, was let some me put indie it this thing. way. I think I think it's very important to look at the nominees. I think mm-hmm. you're right. It does it does give you much like more exposure. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know. I feel like winning an Academy Award or winning a Grammy is all down to politics. It's not about like artistic interpretation or anything like that. That's it. Could, that could be true. I have no idea. I think that's fair to say, though, and I think that's also fair to worry about. No, did you hear about what happened, like, in like this year's Oscars? No, I don't know. Any so of the controversy. they they nominated uh, Chadwick Boseman for a posthumous posthumous. What? How do you say that? I I don't know. After Death Award uh, for Best Actor, and they scheduled the award for Best Actor at the very end, so that you would have to tune in for the whole thing. And then they didn't give him the award, and then they <laughs> sold an <laughs> NFT of his likeness. And so I'm like, "What the fuck is going on, bro? That that's really weird. I don't like that. What's the point yeah. of nominating somebody? Po- like, why would you include them just to have because the clout they're, and give they're it to capitalizing? Else? They're capitalizing on his death. It's literally, it's like, it's. I think insane. I saw that I Anthony mean, Hopkins got it over him, right? Yeah, he did, and he like it's well deserved. Like don't get me wrong, I'm not I'm not bashing Anthony Hopkins. He's a he's a phenomenal actor, but I don't know. I feel like the reason why they scheduled it to the end and the reason why they nominated Chadwick is because they wanted people to fucking watch it, you know? I think that's a very fair thing to say. I agree. Yeah. Also the whole NFT thing kind of pisses me off, but that's another thing. It's cuz you love the environment or something. Some liberal no, shit. No, it's I mean, yeah. <laughs> that is that yeah, that's that's one of the big things. But I'm saying this one specifically. Like the way they're selling an NFT of a gold image or three D image of Chadwick Boseman, but the image itself was stolen from another artist on ArtStation and the guy just slapped a th- like a gold render on top of it or some shit like that. That's so messed up. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's stupid. The entertainment industry is mess. I feel like that's just the Oscar Association or Academy Awards or whatever the association's called trying to yeah. clamber for a few bucks. You know they have to sell the statues to the people who win them. They don't even give them for free. Are you being serious? Yeah. So like if you win an no Oscar idea. or an Emmy or a Grammy or any of them, you buy the statue from them or else you don't get it. What the fuck? Yeah, and they're like $700. <laughs> and so you just you pay for the statue just to own the statue. Otherwise, you don't It's it's wild. <laughs> And the fact that their viewership is down year over year just means that eventually they're going to have to start making more shit like this. That's stupid. I don't like that. Absolutely stupid. I have never cared for award shows, though, but I just feel like they're good for gauging whether or not I have seen some of these movies, like a lot of them I haven't heard of. So I will continue to look at the lists, but never the show. Yeah. I mean, that's how I heard about, um, what is it? Lost in Translation, Her. Mm-hmm. But again, those are all original screenplays. 
<laughs> I think the thing for me though is I just don't care about the actors. Like I don't give a shit about oh, Chris Hemsworth. I give a yeah. shit about Thor. You know what I mean? So I'm gonna watch the movies they're in, but I'm not watching to see what Chris Hemsworth is like. Ugh. What Paul yeah. Rudd is up to now? Like I don't give a shit. So, bro, fuck okay. Paul Rudd. I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's great. He's funny. All right, Fantastic Mr. Fox. What would you rate it? Uh, we're gonna rate it squabs. Squabs. All right. What the fuck are those things that he that he like catches at the start? I don't remember. That sounds very familiar. Yeah. Well, there's like the squab farm, and she's like, "What the fuck's a squab?" And he's like, "It's like a chicken, but stupid." <laughs> okay, sure. Let's say squabs. Even if it's right. not squabs, let's say squabs. <laughs> I'm gonna give it an eleven out of twelve squabs. I'm gonna give it an eleven out of twelve as actually I might give it twelve out of twelve. Wow. I think I might okay. give it twelve out of twelve. Yeah. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> I respect that. Yeah, I think twelve out of twelve squabs for Fantastic Mr. Fox. I really, really like this movie, man. From when it started to when it ended, it was just like consistently good and I was just enjoying myself. We haven't really talked about the plot, which I think is a good thing. Because if you're mm-hmm. listening and you haven't watched Fantastic Mr. Fox, go watch it. Absolutely go watch it. Yes. There is some great moments in there. And if you're at all a fan of weird shit, like cool, weird scenes, weird characters, weird writing, like artistic in a little bit, it's great. If you're a fan of live theater, great. That sort of thing. Man. Yeah. I like that there's a wolf. He makes a cameo. Oh, <laughs> forgot about that. So good. He raised his hand. Oh, God. <laughs> Knocks it out of the park, man. What a great way to end it. Yeah. Okay. Number two. Yeah. Grand Budapest Hotel. The Grand Budapest Hotel. So this so is a good movie. what were your general opinions of this one? You hadn't seen this one, right? I hadn't seen this one, no. I have started it, I think, three or four times. Um, <laughs> spoiler alert for those of you who don't know. I think the farthest that I've ever actually gotten into the movie is... Um, you know the scene where he gets the picture of the lady and she's dead? Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that's how far. And then we just kind of... Like in the newspaper. Watching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Which that's is fair. kind of a shame because that's when the movie starts to pick up. Dude, the movie is so fast the entire time. And it blows my <laughs> mind that it's only an hour 40. I Holy feel- shit. That's a very yeah. good point. Like, it, it felt like there was never a wasted moment at all in this movie. This is another one that's incredibly fast and incredibly consistent. And again, I love this movie. That's well. Bro, <laughs> Wes Anderson proving the superiority of an hour 40. Don't give me that <laughs> bullshit three-hour movies. I don't give a fuck about that. Snyder cut. Yeah, you left everything in, dog. Like, of course. It's- <laughs> <laughs> the Snyder cut is all of it. <laughs> everything it's all of the cake. <laughs> see but this this movie is like i i think it has one of at least i was trying to think of it yesterday one of the most convoluted plots of all time like I, even uh, i having having seen it three so. times i think it's very very confusing and there's a lot of moving stuff at every single scene i don't think so no you don't think so i don't think so i think um <laughs> we have we have the guy uh What's his name? Gustav? Gustav, yeah. Is the main and he guy. fucks a lot of older women, you know, yeah. as you do. Yeah. And one day the older woman dies. One of these older women dies. And then okay. he goes to see her and she leaves him a painting, right? Uh-huh. So 
Then they arrest him because they accuse him of murdering the old lady. So then Zero, the bell. Oh my God, you're you are you were right. <laughs> <laughs> he just I'm started. Trying. He just started. That's what I'm saying. It, and it's the reason why you don't think so is because there's like a narrator guiding you through it, and there's a lot of like exposition that is talked about by the characters as well. You know, what so fucks like, with me a little bit. Wait, what? before I forget, there's technically two narrators. Yep. Yep, because there's a young version and an old version of Zero. Or, and the writer and the... And the writer, yeah. Yeah, the writer and the old version of Zero is what I meant to say. Yeah. And even actually three, because there's a young and an old version of the writer as well. Like, I think Jude Law plays... Jude Law, I think? The young one? Yeah. He plays the young writer. Yeah. And then the older writer is played by somebody else. And then William Defoe plays the villain because it's in his name. (laughs) (laughs) man i i really like this movie though and i think that as much as it's weird like it's definitely weird and i think honestly it's a little obtuse to pick up like i think the first time i watched it i didn't fully understand it after having seen it now three times like love this movie love it it's 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 consistently a good storytelling and the cinematography is great and like some of the scenes are actually so impressive and i I was like noticing shit there's a scene where uh gustav and zero are on the train together and they're talking about the fact that they're gonna split up they're gonna sell the painting and split it up uh, zero gets like a percent and a half and then his yeah. estate when gustav dies right like their whole ex- they're explaining that that scene is just them it's just the camera not moving staring at them and they're talking in monologues for almost like two or three minutes and they're like moving around and shit and it's one take and just because it's like symmetric i guess or just because it's like artistic looking and well lit and whatever i didn't notice that any of the other times i was watching but like consistently in this movie they'll have long long takes of really tough dialogue to deliver and the actors and the writing just nails it yeah this is like i think the scene that i can think of is um shit when he's first when they're like discussing their plan you Mm -hmm. know what i'm saying no no no. it's not when they're discussing their plan when they're on the train the next time in like third class or whatever yeah and they're discussing about the uh when they're like oh it depends and he's like, well, it depends if it depends. And he's like, yeah, I guess you're right. It does depend. <laughs> <laughs> that whole, yeah. yeah. All, of, all of their dialogue is so confused, like poetic. And obviously, I mean, well, it's funny because it's poetic. They actually do do poetry halfway through the movie, like all <laughs> the do. time. Sorry. And nobody, nobody ever finishes a poem in the entire movie. They always get cut off. <laughs> I think that's so funny. But Except for uh, Susha Ronan at the very end. Right, I think you're I forget right. what her character's name is. Agnes, mm-hmm. Agatha, Agatha, Agatha. Yeah, okay. no, is it Agatha? Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. But seriously, like the the dialogue is just so well written and poetic and whimsical. And again, the music in the background. He puts music underneath monologue scenes, and it always works. Always works. It's so good. Okay, what do you think that might like the main themes of the movie are? Cause I'm I'm like I'm like thinking about it and I like can't quite recognize it. I don't really this one like I get there's themes in movies. Are we talking about like from a moral standpoint, like for kids? No, no, no. I'm talking about like what the fuck was 
Wesley Anderson trying to get across. <laughs> I really do genuinely think this is just an interesting story. But I don't really know if there was a theme touched on that heavily. Okay, let me uh, let me give an example. I think it's about like nostalgia more than anything. Okay. That's oh, why yeah, you have they two did... narrators. Mm-hmm. They did right? wrap up Each with that talk... too. Did they? Yeah, like when um sorry, go ahead. Explain your thing first. I was just going to say that's the reason why he has two narrators both talking about a time where things were objectively shit, but they're talking <laughs> about them in a positive way. Mhm. And even you know like the final kind of wrap-up dialogue with the writer talking to the older version of Zero, he's asking him, like, hey, uh, do you think that you bought the hotel because you wanted to live in Gustav's world? And then Zero's like, no, I don't think I wanted to live in Gustav's world because he invited everybody into it or whatever he says. But the other line he says after that was, like, Gustav's world didn't even exist for Gustav." Gustav's yeah, world predated it was, it was Gustav dead before, by, yeah, yeah, it was dead before he even entered it. Exactly, yeah. So it's like that exactly fits in with your theme of like older times being better, sort of thing. I did find there were some weird scenes though. Like there was like weird. Like I thought that one scene when um, Gustav breaks out of prison and then he yells at Zero about being an immigrant. That felt like out of nowhere. That was out of that was out of nowhere. Um, is this like? Is there like a Nazi regime in the movie? I really thought that this movie took place in a real place in the world because Budapest. Nah, but no, it's all made up countries and made up like country, like I don't know, made up towns and made up factions. Yeah, so I don't. Klubex? Like, what's a Klubex? That's not a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck me. That's so funny. I still think it's a little bit weird that you literally see old people titty. At the very start of the movie. Oh, right. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> I think this it's is our introduction. I, right? I don't I don't know. <laughs> it is a very like weird, weird, weird movie. It it doesn't uh, there's a lot of scenes that go by so quickly that you can't even really register what happened, but it doesn't yeah. make any sense and they shouldn't have happened. Uh, it's just it's consistent throughout the movie and I think it's I honestly like it for that though. I, this is this is kind of like a broad statement, but like, what's your favorite scene in the movie? Oh, um, I I really like the stuff with Agatha. I think she's like really interesting, and so I thought like the her baking and like her the whole preparatory stuff for them escaping from prison. Of like yeah. her receiving the note and then baking all these cakes and then wrapping up in a little square and these cakes were all shaped like hammers and knives and stuff like that. I thought that was so funny. And then the direct scene after that is like the prison guard cutting into the bread, cutting into the sausage, and then he opens the Mendel's box and is like, "Nah, oh, it's this so is pretty." Pristine. <laughs> <laughs> and let's it go. I really like that scene. That's a really good scene. I think my favorite scene was the uh, the chase. With the assassin. Oh my god. Like on the ski hill? Down like the hill, the... yeah. <laughs> Bro. That was so wild. I was gonna say, I think they filmed that with like like you know those like mini dolls? Mm-hmm. They're like the size of like your finger and shit. Mm-hmm. They absolutely I think must that's have. how they filmed it. Yeah. It it was so funny. Like the ending thing where he kind of goes off path and they ran into the end of the track. 
Like, yeah. I, it was so zoomed out. You could barely see shit. <laughs> and then all you see right after <laughs> is it like kind of panning the camera to get to the cliff. And you see Zero's legs just sticking Stuck up. Stuck in the snow. <laughs> <laughs> it's so goofy. Okay, is this is this technically a comedy movie or like what is it? Definitely, definitely, I would read both of these as comedies. Like, and yeah. they're comedies in a weird way because it's like a lot of what you said, slapstick. It's not meant to be like witty, dumb joke or dick joke or something like that. It, it's literally like just like comedy, goofy situations. It was. I like the. Um, what's his name? The guy that plays Zero, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> fucking uh flash from spider-man absolutely he dude, nailed it dude knocked it out of the fucking park i swear to god like i don't know okay i feel like wesley answered anderson does this i i keep calling him wesley <laughs> where he he makes his his dialogue as awkward as fucking possible you know what i mean absolutely yeah definitely for some of the scenes I, like the characters say the weirdest shit but there's always like deeper meanings and stuff which i like yeah subtext but i'm saying like specifically the actual line delivery like can you imagine like you're sitting in to this fucking movie and you're, mm-hmm. the director gives you a, a script and one of your lines is like don't flirt with her four times <laughs> like bro it's so funny it's he's so protective because he knows that gustav is just this ladies man i think that's no, hilarious bro, old ladies man and even there's what I was saying earlier about there being like kind of subtext to it. It's not even subtext. I just like that the writing, like at least the themes kind of came back around in the end because like Gustav retired or was killed at the end of the movie. And it's like this movie ends really sad. eh? Yeah. And it's like I remember that in the coming dialogue before the ending, Zero corrects Gustav in the same way he does at the beginning of the movie. Like, at some point, I think Gustav, no, Zero doesn't correct him, but, like, Gustav says some off-the-cuff shit, and Zero's like, truly, right? And then at the end of the movie, they, like, bring that back. I don't know. It's just, like, when I was watching yesterday, I noticed that they were doing this thing. Like, they would repeat dialogue from the beginning of the movie, except at the end now. And it was, like, wrapping it up in a neat little bow. And I, I was really appreciative of that because I didn't notice that until my, like, third viewing. That they had the characters kind of like revert and become, I don't know. I just thought it showed growth, but who am I? No, I, I get it. It's like like um, Zero basically became Gustav in a sense. Yeah, it's like an yeah, extremely subtle callback, but I appreciated it. Although I will say, I feel like, I don't know, man. Like he talks about like Agatha and she's like dead with his son. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That movie some ends sad shit. really sad. Really, really sad. Yeah. And I like that I, the last shot is in black and white, too. Oh, yeah. Them, like, on the train or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really sad. And especially because at that moment, they did this, like, very, very cool... This, like, last, last scene of the movie. Um, I thought they had a very cool way of, like, zooming out and out and out on the way the story was being told. Because it, like, starts off with Gustav and Zero... And then zooms out to Zero and the writer. And then zooms out to the girl who's reading the dead writer's book on a bench. And then zooms uh, out because we're watching the girl reading. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I was going to say there's a, there's another intermediate step where it's the writer writing the book. Mm. You know what I'm talking about? Like in the very middle. 
Right, right. Yes, absolutely. It's God, what like, a good movie. You right? And and really what I was saying about how this is so convoluted is because the entire story is actually being told as a girl reads a book of a dead writer. And the book is about how he heard a story from Zero. And Zero's story is about how he used to be a bellboy or a lobby boy for this old hotel. It's like, I don't know. The levels of disjointedness from where the story is actually taking place to where you're involved with it, like where you're watching, is crazy. <laughs> I like when they do that. It's like a flashback within a flashback. Mm-hmm. I appreciated it, too. There's... I think there's a little bit of, like, fascism sprinkled into this movie. Definitely. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely, yeah. Who's the guy? Um, Dimitri? Yeah. Dimitri, who's supposed to be like... Literally has a fucking armband on. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, there's man. Like I, I like all over the place. There's like this the is whole... what I'm saying. is like... Sorry, like, I no. like that it's like... The, the movie is like... The movie is funny, all right? The movie and it's in its like execution and it's it's like dialogue and all that shit is like funny. It's a comedy. Mm-hmm. But then a woman is dead, okay? Four <laughs> people die along the way. There's like a Nazi regime that's gaining power in this country and we're just along for the ride. And it's literally not even the focus of the story and I actually love that. Mhm. Absolutely, dude. There's there's even some like violent shit that happens like Remember when Jeff Goldblum gets like four of his fingers his cut four off? Four fingers cut off? Oh my god, dude! And they just like fall like sausages, and he just puts them in his pocket and walks away. Like th- that's some grim shit. Or even, that's some William Defoe this... shit right there, bro. <laughs> there's even the other thing where that guy, ga- that guy Serge X or whatever, Willem Defoe's character, beheads the other like waitstaff of that woman's estate who passed away. Yeah. Remember this yeah. like the head in a basket or whatever scene? I think that like, was I think that was the What's his name? He's like the butler's Dimitri? sister. No, no, no. Oh no. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is is she not part of the wait staff though? I know she was there. I don't think so. Oh, I don't think mm. so. Either way, some dark shit. And then like even the the actual butler gets stabbed later on in the confessional booth. Also the fucking one of the the criminals that's breaking out with Gustav literally just dies and kills four fucking guards with him. Oh, yeah, that's so bloody. <laughs> Dude, like, I think it is like <laughs> the scene right after fucking cuts the tension so hard. He's like, suppose you'd call that a draw. <laughs> <laughs> literally. And then like Gustav climbs out of the prison and just talking to Zero and he's like, <laughs> Gunther didn't make it. <laughs> like, what, what did he say? He said some goofy line. I don't remember. Yeah, that, but. Yeah, it's just it. There's a lot of grim, dark shit in this movie, but it's kind of just underlined with this bright, jovial, smiling, pale tones sort of vibe. That are we kind like? Of... Are we too stupid to understand this movie? Is that what's going on? No, I don't think it's meant to feel dark. I think we're fine that we don't feel like it's a very intense, deep, dark movie. But it like the world is. What I mean is, like, when I say that is, like, are we, like, are we missing something? I feel like I'm missing something. I don't know. Like, with, I, with, I, with Fantastic Mr. Fox, I didn't feel like I felt like I missed anything, you know? I think if you rewatch the movie, you'll, that feeling will go away. 
because there was a lot of cloudy parts that I didn't fully understand. Like there was this whole thing about how the guy who is officiating the estate or what is it? What's that word where you're like dealing with someone's estate when they die? I think that's what it is. Officiating the estate. I don't know. Anyway, um, that guy delivering all that news is actually earlier in the movie as the person dealing with the hotel. So that's how they hint at the fact that she owns the hotel without ever saying it till the end of the yeah! movie. Yeah. Oh my God. I didn't even realize. Yeah. Right. Like there's, there's, some and that's why like I think that that's, layered. that's why he said that where he's like, um, fuck where he's like, I'm sure you put this, you pieced this together, but she was the, the yeah, owner. Keen eyed, keen eyed listeners or keen audience members or whatever he said. Yeah. Yeah. Which is very interesting. And there's also like, Plenty of shit that I think is objectively confusing. One of the chapters is named the second copy of the second will. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> motherfucker, your audience would have to keep up with the fact that this is not the original will. It's the second will. And it's a copy of the second will because the first one was burned or whatever. You know, like it's it's just weird. It's, there's a lot to keep track of. I really like the... Um... You know the scene where he calls all of the fucking uh, yes the bellhops yes. or what the, is it? The what is it? The Society, Society of the Society of Cross Keys. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and um, it, it goes through this entire circle for the first concierge to pick them up because <laughs> he calls Bill Murray first, and Bill yeah. Murray's the one that picks them up. I think it's so funny. They have like all this prep work and stuff. Uh, it's so clever and weird and it's such a unique world. But man, I just can't get enough of the, the music. The, it, if you do nothing else, if you don't watch this movie, at least go listen, listen to the original soundtrack because it it's has really some good. bangers, man. Some bangers. It's like, it's like some like East European folklore shit. It, it really is like this. It's just a consistent melody, but they keep doing this thing throughout a bunch of the movie where because all of his shots are symmetric, like we haven't talked about it much, but Wes Anderson does these very like centered, symmetric, fish eye lens shots, right? It always feels does- like it. All of his, all of his uh, shots feel like you're looking at a picture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like it's not three D, all- it's two D. Yeah, and they're all very kind of centered. So like the room looks like a trapezoid, in which yeah. it wouldn't normally. And it's because he uses like a fish eye lens and then corrects it or whatever the fuck to make it look like that, and. It- very cool looking. But um yeah, what was I saying? Oh, uh the he keeps doing this thing where he like cuts between different scenes like this. There's a section in the movie where he's like raising the camera and as it's panning up, he's like switching to a different scene of like showing Gustav in prison and then showing Agatha in the bakery and then showing Zero on the street or something like that, right? And as he's doing that, he's like adding music or adding instruments to the existing to soundtrack. the music yeah. yeah and it's like so it's like building intention and building in complexity and like dude i i think i've said it enough but like music with movies <laughs> like when you sync shit up i nut i love that stuff <laughs> so good dude i respect it <laughs> all right so want to rate it or you no, hold oh, up sorry. Very, just a very very last quick question um are the shots set up by the director or the cinematographer? I think cinematographers help, but I want to say that the director's vision is what the cinematographer tries to put in place. Okay. I just, I'm like, just like, 
Because, like, I feel like we don't give enough credit. We talk about this a lot, too, I feel. But we don't usually give enough credit to other people in, like, a Absolutely. production. I think that also is just because we don't know shit about what it takes to make a movie, right? Yeah, that's fair. Like, I haven't even said, but, you know, the costume design in this movie is extraordinary. It's insane, dude. <laughs> I, I, I like it so much. It's so fun. All the different, co- like, uh, what is it? Society of Cross Keys. All the hotels were based in a different Look color. different, yeah. With a different bellboy. Oh, so good. <laughs> I also like that, uh, actually funny that you mentioned that, but I also like that every single concierge is like, take over for me, and a lobby boy comes in. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like scenarios. showing this. He's giving yeah. CPR to somebody. The guy has a fire <laughs> axe in front of a burning building, and it's like, oh, take over for me. <laughs> it's just so funny. Oh, fuck. That's so funny. Thank you, Wesley. <laughs> Thanks, Wesley. <laughs> but but yeah, yeah, we definitely don't give enough credit to everybody else, but it, that whole movie just came together so well. So, Dude, I agree. <laughs> All, All right. right. What do you rate it? Um, I think we should we should rate it. What should we rate it out of? We could use paintings. Klubex is a good one. Oh, Klubex is a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give right. it I also give it an 11 out of 12 Klubex I think I'm also going to give it 11 out of 12 Klubex Because it's not as good in my head As Fantastic Mr. Fox yeah. But still Like amazing Like, I, And I, when I say like 11 It's like not low Still one of my favorite movies I just think Mr. Dude F- it's Fantastic literally the Mr. highest Fox. The highest rating you've given on this podcast Is an 11 Besides Fantastic <laughs> Mr. Fox That's fair yeah, good movie. Good, good, good movie. Really fan. All right. What's your recommendation? What are you thinking? Yeah, this is this is it. So for next week, next time. I do want to start on watching the Transformers movies or the okay. Fast and Furious movies. I think I'm, I'm not doing it right now, but I'm saying that we should do this. We should start watching them so that we can record the extra episode at some point where okay. we have watched all the Transformers movies. Like 34.5 or whatever? No, no, no. I think we do point fives for the like we use the Marvel movies as main entries. Okay, okay. I think okay. point five was only for the TV show for Avatar. Avatar, and it deserves. Yeah, yeah. It. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I'm just saying, like, eventually we should start on the process of watching the seven Transformers movies Dude, because I want to do what? that eventually. Let's do it. I'm I'm down to start <laughs> watching the the fucking Transformers movies. Mm-hmm. But that's not for homework right now because we still have another. I have oh, no. another pick for two weeks. The only reason I want to say that is because Jordine wants to be in on the Transformers talk. So, okay. yeah, she's she well, too bad to watching them too. <laughs> <laughs> we said boys no, club, kidding. stay out, <laughs> bro. Boys only. <laughs> all right. Uh, so, in all seriousness, the movie I want to watch. Haven't seen it in a while, a very long while, and I've had the urge to watch it. Wanted with Angelina Jolie. Okay. Have you All heard right. of this movie? Yeah, I think so. It's like, I think it's, it's, like, it's based on a comic book or something, I think. It's like kind of old. I, I put this movie in the same category as like, um, remember the fucking shit, the Lara Croft movies that were coming out? <laughs> Resident Not Evil. Not granted. Like same same yeah. genre, same time. Yeah. Granted, I have no idea if they are actually similar, but you know, it's just the fucking posters, Angela Jolie's, <laughs> and all of them. Have you seen you know? Wanted before? 
I think I have, if I'm thinking of the right movie. There's like a loom. <laughs> There's like strings, wires. It's Okay, uh, it's very fuck. weird. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is going to be exciting then, because I don't know... I'm not going to say anything about this movie, and I just want you to watch it, and I want you to be so fucking surprised with what you see. All right. All right. That. Great. All right. So two weeks from now, we're going to be reviewing Wanted. So audience members, if y'all want to see that movie, no spoils for the discussion. But other than that, follow us on Twitter. Follow me at The Hash. Follow Leander at Lee and Her. Follow our editor at Default Bird, or biggest dream simp of all time. And... uh (laughs) You can also follow what's our what's our podcast name? I don't know. I feel like I forget. Uh, Jump Cut FM. Yeah, yeah. Or jumpcut.fm for the website. So check us out. Rate us on iTunes. Give us five stars on Instagram Reels and uh, yeah. Our our TikTok's (laughs) up and coming. So make sure you check out. I was just about to say that too. (laughs) Uh, Go ahead and uh, listen to every episode that you haven't already. Watch every movie in existence, and uh, yeah, stay tuned. Although, let's be honest, no one will ever watch as many movies as me. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm doing my no, best. No, you are, and you're definitely succeeding. I, d- I definitely haven't watched 100 movies this year. What the fuck? Me neither. I'm at 92. Oh, my <laughs> All right. My I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. It's, it's been, been real. real.